Some of you have felt like a puppet on a string by the enemy. The enemy has manipulated you to go this way and that. Sometimes it's obvious because I can look at your Facebook pages and see what the enemy's doing in your life. (laughs) See, the enemy wants to have his way with you. He wants to create chaos in every part of your life. As you go through the Bible, you wonder, and sometimes as you go through the Word of God, you wonder who is really winning. Is it God or the enemy? See, the Old, the Old Testament is this tug of war between God empowering man. He raises up men and then there's this pushback by the enemy. Is God winning? Is, is the enemy winning? Remember I said it last week, 38 kings after Solomon. Only nine of them did what was right. So God took matters in His own hands. He became a man to overcome His enemies. The enemy thought once again, I'm going to nail him to this cross, thinking this would be his final move. God made the final move though. Resurrecting Christ, overcoming death, hell and the grave. God made the final move. And that is your move this morning. Christ's death and resurrection became my move. What he accomplished became my move. You, not the devil, make the final move. You and not the devil decide where you will spend eternity. I will not be ran to and fro by the enemy's agenda. He will not set my course. He will not dictate my direction. When I come into agreement with with the flesh, I'm coming into agreement with the enemy. I actually empower it in my life. What I come into agreement with, I empower in my life. If you continue in sin, the bowl of iniquity continues to fill and empowers darkness. I don't want to be yoked to slavery. I do not want to be yoked to the enemy's agenda. I am choosing a different path. It is obvious to us that when we are yoked to the enemy, I can see it sometimes in our lives. Critical spirit, cursing spirit, complaining spirit, and corruptness. So, well, I don't remember all those things in the Bible. Let me tell you that. Do you ever remember God opening up the earth and swallowing up adulterers? He did it for complainers, though. See, God hates complainers. He hates people who murmur and complain, who are critical of one another. See, people are not your problem. People are merely the conduit of the spiritual realm. It is not physical, it is spiritual. Conflict that is occurring in the physical realm is a manifestation of what is occurring in the spiritual realm around us. If you cannot navigate this world successfully, you will not be able to navigate the spiritual realm. If we spend all our time, money, efforts attempting to overcome the physical, then what we have is this. We don't address the root. And we we need to address the root, not the fruit. Not the outer, but the inner. Think about it like an iceberg. Only a short part of it sticks up out of the water. 90% is under the water. God said, listen, that root is where I'm looking to, to change. The fruit will then follow after the root has been taken care of. Your kingdom come, your will be done, as on earth as it is in heaven. This is the key. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 this morning. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now I want you to think about this. Our blessings this morning are located in heaven. They are located in a spiritual realm 
And we need to learn how to access them so that we can walk in victory like God wants us to do. The location of your blessing this morning is heaven. Accessing that blessing is you have to access heaven. Ephesians 1.20, he says this, when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So Christ is seated in heavenly realms. Our blessing is seated in heavenly realms. Ephesians 2.6 says, and God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So look at this this morning. He's not only seated, he's not only the blessing is there, but Christ is seated there. And he said, I have put you there so you can access those blessings. He said, well, I don't know if I, don't know if I agree with all this, Greg. Well, let's look at 3.10. Ephesians 3.10 says, It was his intent as it was now through the church that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. God wants you to know this morning, that in a spiritual realm, He has given us authority. He has given us power. But accessing that blessing, accessing what God has for us, has to be done through a, a, a series of keys that God gives us. God has also done this. He's also assigned angels. Hebrews 1.14, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Ministering spirits are in heavenly places. Our answer, our solution, our blessing is not located in the physical, but in the spiritual. One of my all-time favorite movies involves a man who had to make a choice. He had to choose between the physical, visible realm that he knew and this invisible realm that he did not know and the choice came about when he understood that this invisible realm was actually controlling what was happening in the visible realm that he lived in and was so accustomed to. This movie, The Matrix, challenged Thomas Anderson to make a decision because he understood what the real world was. There are two worlds. The physical world we live in and this world behind the world, the spiritual realm. And the principle is simply this. Everything visible and physical is controlled by something invisible and spiritual. And therefore, if you want to change the realm that you know, then you must draw from the invisible spiritual realm that you do not see. Because everything visible and physical is controlled by the invisible and spiritual. He had to make a choice, and so do you. We're in a battle, a spiritual war. But unless you know how to access your spiritual resources, in this case, the armor of God, that he has given us to equip us to fight in this world from that world, you cannot know spiritual victory. And God has called you to victory. He's called you to be like Thomas Anderson. He's called you to be the one. The one through whom he demonstrates the power from up there when executed down here shows that up there is greater than whatever you're facing right here. Guess what? You are the one. Our answer, our solution, our blessing is not located in the physical realm. You're not going to find it. You're not going to be able to pay for it. And God's saying, listen, I'm not gonna, you don't have to do this on your own. In fact... It's in your weakness that I'm going to make you strong. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 
He doesn't say be in, the, be in the power of your own might. He says be strong in the power of His might. I want to look at just if I can just for a couple moments this morning. The couple words here in the Greek, a word study. First one is this, being strong. He says, finally, my brothers, be strong. What he's saying there is, is in dunamo, which intensifies dynamo. You know what, you can kind of see what the, what the, what the root word is for, the, for dynamite, an explosion. Powerful increase in power and strength. To grow, I fill with power. The translation could be, I'm being powered in the Lord. So finally, brothers, he goes, I want you to increase in strength. I want you to grow strong in the power of, kratos is dominion or exerted power. So he's saying, listen, I'm going to give you power, supernatural power, in a dominion, and then be able to exert that power into, the, into a spiritual realm. And then he says this, he says, in the power of his might, which means force and overcoming immediate resistance. The enemy wants to be resistant. I want you to know that. He, the enemy uses his, his demons and his cohorts to resist what God wants to do. But God's saying to you today, listen, I have given you the strength and the power you need to overcome that immediate resistance. There's something about when you arrest somebody, uh, Ron knows this and, and we've, we talk about this, is that when you arrest somebody, you're able to overcome the, whatever resistance they put up. And, and if they put up more resistance, then, then we as law enforcement can put up a, a, another level of resistance. And it's kind of very similar in the, in the spiritual realm. God says, listen, I'm giving you a, a authority and power to overcome that which the enemy would put up against you. A good translation, this would literally would be, this scripture would be, be intensely empowered by the Lord and in the dominion of His power and His ability to come overcome immediate resistance. That's what He's telling you when He says, I want you to be strong in Me. See, so many times we put it in the physical aspect. God's saying, listen, in the spiritual realm, I'm telling you, I'm giving you what you need. I would not leave you alone. I'm going to give you what you need to be able to overcome what the enemy puts in your way. God does not expect you to fight this battle on your own. He has given you the strength, the stamina, the ability, the power to overcome the enemy. You do not have to be the enemy's puppet anymore. Yes, you may have tendencies that have to be crucified. You may have things that need to be cut off. But let me say this. If you will not resist but come into agreement with those that come alongside you, let me say, this is how I'm talking about this. Somebody may come into your life and say, you know what, there's, there's, there's a place right here. Somebody did this not too long to me. And they said, hey, this, this area. I had two choices. I could say, I could embrace it, or I could say, oh, no, that isn't me. No, no, you got the wrong guy. That wasn't me. And if I say, if I reject it, many of us do, you're not talking to me. When we reject it, what we do is we close ourselves off from ever being able to overcome that character situation or to move forward with God. But I will tell you this this morning, if you don't do that, if you don't say, no, that's not me, and you say, I embrace that, that's me, you know what, I need to change that area of my life. You will see how much more success you will have. See, some of you go, well, I don't believe that. You know why? Because most of the time, all you said was, no, that ain't me. I don't do that. And we don't see success in our life because we reject the very thing, the very thing that God has brought along to bring us into alignment with Him, but we won't go into alignment because we're disjointed. That isn't me. That hurts. 
A man this week said to me, he goes, Greg, I want you, listen, we've got a friendship going on here. You're my pastor. I want you to speak into my life. If you see something, I want you to tell me. It doesn't mean I'm going to like it right away. But I want you to tell me, what is it? What is it that I need to change? What is it that I need to be a better dad, a better, a better husband? Speak that into me. See, the question then becomes, will I receive it? See, if we say this, if we choose to say, no, that's not me. No, I, I, I don't think that's wrong. No, I, I think you have the problem. No, I, I didn't do that. Um, instead of embracing it, you will never see that change. Some of you have wrestled over certain things in your life over and over again, and you don't see the change because you've never truly embraced it. You've always rejected it and said, no, that wasn't me. And God may be bringing someone along in your life. Now, I know it's much more difficult when it's a husband or wife telling you these things. See, this is where the confession movement, they got off track. They, they knew that they needed to, to speak these things into existence, to, to keep a positive attitude. And, but the problem was is their hearts veered off because they got so excited about you know, accessing all these things from God and not realizing that God has a path that He's wanted us to stay upon. So yeah, I'm hitting the, the spiritual charismatics a little bit this morning. Just wait, you'll be in line next if you're a, uh, one that's a little bit softer. Accessing this heavenly power, this heavenly protection that I'm talking about. See, a lot of people, I've heard people say this, God's got it. See, God's got it if God has me. If God's preeminent, if He's top of the chain, if He's everything to me, then God's got it. But God does not have it if I'm in control and I've got the reins. See, you can say it all you want, God's got it. I mean, God's going, I don't have it. You picked up the reins and took off and running. God says, I'll have it if I have you. See, think about this. In Psalms chapter 27, we've heard this, this, this before, and it talks about how God is, is, is this protection. It says in, in Psalms 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life, and whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent and set me upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. And at His sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. Ooh, there it is again, man. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, 
seek His face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. See, the key words here are not all these things that God's going to do for me, but He is saying, listen, if I'm the most important thing, if you seek me, if you seek me, if you seek me, if you seek me, if I become the number one thing in your life, then I will do all these things. It's not just this arbitrary scripture. I can go take, oh, God's going to take care of me. No, He only takes care of me if He owns me. This was supposed to be a nice, quiet message. I didn't picture it like this. See, I access the benefits when I seek the Lord. It's not wealth. It's not prosperity. It's not even success. It's Him alone I seek. If I have Him, I have everything I need. I have all treasures. He is the access point for all the benefits that I seek from God. See, God's got it because He has me. I belong to Him. If I truly belong to Him, I am His responsibility, no matter what the circumstances. Did you guys hear me there? See, when God has me, when He owns me, when He owns my tongue, and He owns my life, then God's got it. Then I can truly say, no matter what happens in my life, He has me. I am His responsibility. See, no longer... It's just like a husband and a wife. Somebody, a wife told me this this week. She's, you know, I just, I love it because now I can just allow all the spiritual responsibility to fall upon my husband. And I can kind of sit back and, and almost relax. It's very similar in the spiritual realm with God. See, I, if I submit to Him and I, I seek Him with all my heart, then all of a sudden all the responsibilities of things fall on Him. He, he I have to trust Him to take care of everything. That's what God wants to do. He wants to own us. Not in a, in a slavery type of way, but He wants to say, listen, because you're mine, because you belong to me. Keys to accessing. And I want you to know this morning, sometimes you may look down and out. People may have counted you out. You may look haggard. You may look tired. But get ready. God's about to burst on the scene. See, as you begin to access heavenly places, these keys to accessing heavenly places will dramatically change your life. Proverbs 2.5 says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This word find is there. That's the Hebrew word matzah. And it means to discover, to possess, to secure, to have, to caught, to attain, to locate, overtake, and meet. See, God wants us. He says, listen, if you truly want to find knowledge in God, if you want the fear of the Lord, then you're going to have to seek me like this. Proverbs 4.20 and 22 says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Because he says then, for they will be to life to those who, that's the same word, find for those who find them and then there's health to our whole body see if God if God truly has me he takes care of me in all these ways it doesn't matter what goes on around me he's got me Proverbs 8 17 says it like this I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me the same word is used right there Matthew says it like this this is how you know what you want to know how you'll be recognized if you if if you are in him 
It's not by church attendance. It's not by your tithe. It's not by how you philosophize about God. It's not about your t-shirt. It's not even if you have a Bible or if you hand out tracts or you feed the poor. He says in Matthew 7, 16, he says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? You will recognize them by their fruit. You will recognize their spirit. In 1 John 4, 1, it says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So we have to test the spirits to make sure that we can recognize them. Another thing is to recognize them by who they have been with. See, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note of these men that they had been with Jesus. See, your time spent with Jesus will be recognizable to people around you. When you spent time with Jesus, you are going to drip and drench with, with Jesus Christ all around you. You won't have to worry about cussing and swearing and complaining and murmuring and doing all those things I talked about at the beginning or being critical. Because you know what? You're so focused on Jesus Christ that nothing else matters. See, I want to be so focused on Him that when I walk down the street, I drip and drench with Jesus. There's droplets of Jesus all over the place. People get touched and healed. Remember when, when Peter, or, or, and Peter and Paul, they said they took handkerchiefs and they used them, they touched them, they, they would put them on people and they would be healed. Why? Because they were, they were drenched with the Spirit of God in their lives. The power of God was moving in their lives. The last thing about recognizing them is this. You can recognize the false ones. 1 Timothy 5, 24 and 25. The sins of some are obvious, reaching the place of judgment ahead of them. Those are the ones that, you know what, before they even get in the room, their sin has already got there. You already know what they're going to say. You know how they're going to act because they're already probably grumpy and complaining. It's already in front of them. Some, though, it's not quite so easy to detect because they come in the room and their sins are way back here. They drag around and then it's afterwards you go, oh man, did you smell that stench in the air? There was something spiritually nasty there. Yeah, but you don't see it until afterwards. See, that's what he's saying here. He says, in the same way, good deeds are obvious, and even those that are not obvious cannot remain hidden forever. See, God's saying this morning, you want to understand who, you want to access what I have, what I will give you, you want to find it. I love this because it means to discover, possess, secure, to have, to catch, to attain, to locate, overtake, and meet. That's what our pursuit of God should look like. That's what our pursuit of God should look like. It's a burring in. I'm, I'm calling you this morning to pursue, to seek, to find, to call, to be diligent, to meet Him. It's not casual. It's not a weak need or lazy way. It is saying this, I really want this. If you truly want to come after me, this is for the hungry, for the thirsty, for the desperate, for those who want God. He says, listen, I will give you all you want if you just pursue me. It's a burrowing in, it's a, it's a burrowing through, it's a, a scratching and clawing and biting and pushing and pressing to get to that place where, where my prayers are united with other believers and my praise and my worship penetrate all the way to heaven. And then I access what God has got for us. See, that's why we praise and we worship. It's not just for calisthenics. We're not doing spiritual calisthenics, guys. We are trying to access what God has for this church right here. We're trying to access what God has for Springville. That's why we do these things. You will go to a place in Him that you've never been. 
accessing heavenly realms, accessing heavenly armor, heavenly power, divorcing ourselves from an unholy union that we were born into, divorcing ourselves from the hold that the enemy has upon us, divorcing ourselves from being a puppet of the enemy, divorcing ourselves from the devil. See, we were born into this world. We were born into what the enemy wanted to put on us. Now we have to physically say, listen, I am embracing something else. And I am cutting off this right here. No longer do I want that. I'm divorcing myself from that old lifestyle. I'm divorcing myself from those things that I did before. And I'm pressing on to what God has for me. See, Ephesians... I'm going to close here with Ephesians 6.11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. A quick, real, quick Bible a little word study here. The whole armor means, it means a complete armor, the complete set of defensive and offensive weapons, the full resources of the Lord. See, we don't fight for victory, but it's from His point of advantage. See, I want you guys to think about it. This isn't just a shield of faith in these things. This is supernatural, powerful things that God has given us. He's accessed Listen, all you have to do is access these things, and then you can walk, and you can stand. You can come again against the enemy. The other thing he says there is that you may be able to, you may be able, I am powerful. Same word, they're doing Empowered, that I may be able, that I may be powerful to stand against this method, 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 which means the scheming, the craftiness, methodology, that word we get. The method used in organized evil doing, a well-crafted trickery. See, The enemy's wiles are exactly that. He has methods to his madness. But God says, listen, you access what I have for you. You can walk in power and authority. You don't have to just be be constantly beat up by the enemy. Now, that doesn't mean that we go out and we're going to just go start slaying dragons. No, he says there, he says, says, when he tells us that, he says that you will be able to stand... Stand means to basically hold your position. It means to establish a place. It's like holding a mountain. It's like holding this church. It's like holding Springville. We will stand against what the enemy wants to bring. That's how we advance the kingdom. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Accessing heaven. Accessing all these things that he's got for us. God says they're for you. This morning, let's all stand.
Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to praise you in your church. And as we go about this week that we face coming up tomorrow, we just ask that you uh, hear our prayers that we pray today regarding people's health and their their well-being. And uh, we all truly care about each other in this church. And we uh, just pray that everybody have a blessed week in the name of Jesus. Amen.